He is the new majority owner of the Utah Jazz. Ryan Smith with us here on the pregame. Great to see you. Oh, love the old school. Look at the look at the old school UJ. He's yeah, I'm rocking sure that right shows there. well through the radio. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> uh, probably shouldn't have started there. Hey, yeah. thank you for coming in. It's great to see you. Um, great. It's good to be here, guys. I haven't I haven't done this before like this. So uh, it's a nice setup you've got. Yeah, here what do you in think the of the studio? Well, I just I'd never been in here. I, I, it's awesome. I'm I'm learning a lot about this place. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, we actually have. Uh, we have a producer studio here, and we have three functioning radio uh, producer studios and talent studios. So we're, I mean, we've got a great setup. It's awesome. Oh, and I know cool. when you said talent, he he glanced over my way, which he knows I don't have any. Well, so he, the, he was the most loosely. talented, uh, most talented <laughs> guy. Uh, well, hey, I I was uh, uh, we were just talking uh, a little bit about the game tonight. How does it feel to be an NBA uh, owner and and live in a lot of people uh, a lot of people around here? I think. Uh, have had that dream as a youngster. Well, I think I think first of all, I mean, it's it's pretty new, right? Um, I've been pretty involved with the Jazz, and I always felt like I was part of the team in a way. And the Millers did a great job, and and they do do a great job letting people feel like they're part of the team. They really they really treated it like stewards. And so, from you know where I sat to the visibility I had, and just being a sponsor, and and. Just knowing what's going on and friendships outside of out of outside of just the games, um, but this is a new level. Like, and and that's a question most people ask: is like, whoa, you're living your dream. I, I mean, it really has not been a dreamy experience. Not because of anything bad, but just when you now get in, you feel the weight of the responsibility of a whole community, right? And so it's not one of those things where you you kind of get in and start breathing deep going, yeah, wow, I can't believe it. it's like, no, let's get to work. And anytime you take something on like, like this, there's a lot of work to do. And it's not, it's not that anything was broken. It's just, we have big aspirations and goals and the Millers have set us up perfectly and we're new. I'm the intern right now. And like, I've got to get up to <laughs> speed and, and we've got to go and execute a bunch and so we came in and we hit the ground running we we came in with don and like that was number one priority we've got to get don taken care of and and um you know even during the buying process i was like okay that's like i want to know about donovan and rudy because this is this is part of the plan and then the draft and everything else and um so to be honest with you i haven't had time to really think about what it's like and i hope it continues that way for the next 30 years right because this is not something where it's 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 it, it's what I do. It's really not who I am, and it's part of what I do. And so um, this isn't what defines me. It's just it's just building on the legacy that we've got here and helping brand the state to something that we can all be super proud of. What uh, I mean, it's interesting because, as Jake said, you grew up here, and this was your team. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, very rarely, I mean, I know, like in Mark Cuban's case, he, he got to buy a team, but it wasn't necessarily the team he followed. What – uh, what kind of and you mentioned the weight that that carries, but what kind kind of kind of go into that a little bit? What, you know what you feel like and what the expectation, um, you know, for 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 you guys and what you want to do. Well, this was the first thing that Adam Silver said to me. He said, Ryan, you know, if people are super fortunate in life, um, which which we've been, you you get a chance and you're passionate about the NBA, you might get a chance to be a part of a team. As like if you're if you're in the the one of 30 people, you get a chance to really control or own the team. Um, and then he said, no one, no one gets a chance 
to get their team. And I just don't want to underestimate and just let you know how how crazy this is. And, you know, Balmer, I've talked to Balmer, I've talked to Cuban, and, and that was definitely echoed as well, right? Was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, Mark's first comment to me was like, dude, like, first of all, congratulations you got your due second how did no one find out about this because everything leaks <laughs> like that's what i'm more impressed of like i didn't know and i was like it, it it's because of the respect that the media the millers the league they all have for utah the fact that this transaction could go down where 99.9 percent of the people found out like through the Woj tweet or when it came out that day and that just doesn't happen in today's world, especially with a transaction this complicated where um, it's this long and it took months of work and you're having to deal with lawyers and the league and everything and approval process and background checks. And like, it's just, it just was meant to be. And, and Gail said that to me and Ash. She was just like, look, you guys are the ones that care as much as we care. And fortunately you're in a spot to do this. And, you know, I, I have to ask myself, well, why not you guys and why not now? And that was pretty that's that's a pretty surreal part of it. But, you know, when it comes to the weight, you know, I, I don't I mean, look, I've been running a tech company where it feels like the weight of the world's been on my shoulders for for 20 years anyways. Um, I'm not going to shy away from the responsibility um, or opportunity. And, I, and and to be honest with you, I've been asking myself a lot over the last 10 years, like as we started in a basement and got to where we did, like, why us? Like, why? This thing could have crashed a hundred times. Like, why did we get to this point? And I've really been searching, even after we sold, it's like, well, I have a bunch of companies, friends running companies. Like, why did we get to sell? And What's 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 the bigger vision here? Like, so what? So what? You made some money. So what? You build something. Like, what? What are you gonna look back and say you did? And like, that's where you really break down. Like, what are you passionate about? And there's a way that you can't really control what you're passionate about. Like, I am incredibly pr- passionate about my faith. Can't control it. Like, it's just the way it is, right? I'm passionate about my family. I'm passionate about. My sports teams, my college sports teams, I'm passionate about BYU. There's times I wish I wasn't, right? I'm passionate about the jazz, right? And, and I'm passionate about golf. And, like, all of those have ups and downs, and there's times I wish I really wasn't that passionate about those. But more than anything, I am passionate about Utah. There's just something about it. From the way the state started to where we are to the entrepreneurial spirit to what it's given me and – the jazz are the front door and you know i can go anywhere in the world and it's like oh utah jazz utah jazz utah jazz and i'm like okay there's 100 million fans out there why why aren't 10 of them jazz fans wearing a jersey or something and like how that, yeah. what are we going to do what are we going to do to go take that because the game is growing globally and i think i think you know bringing in mike cannon brooks in australia is a great example of that and that's not by accident it's part of that vision to say, hey, look, Australia's team needs to be the Utah Jazz, period, hard stop. 
I need to talk to Randy Bennett and see if he can get us an endorsement. You know, the St. Mary's has a good good foothold over there. Uh, Ryan Smith is with us uh, uh, for a few moments here on your Jazz Game Night pregame show. And uh, I want to circle back to the offseason a little bit because I actually think it's been an undercovered story uh, nationally. I think it ties in a little bit to what, what you were talking about there. But, of course, uh, extending the two you know, uh, superstars on the team in Rudy and Donovan. Uh, Extremely important. Derek Favors coming back. I think a lot of people are really excited about that. But Jordan Clarkson re-signing with the Jazz, indicating that this is the place that that he wants to be. He was traded here, free free agent for the first time, I believe, in his career, and and decides he wants to stay uh, with the Jazz. Just, I guess, how important was this offseason? It's your first offseason. It might have been the biggest in franchise history. Yeah, it, it, it felt like that. It did. (laughs) Right. Like, uh, I was, you know, and this is where the Millers have done such a great job is like the second we knew we were doing this, we were, you know, two weeks before the draft. Right. And they basically just said, like, go. Like, you, we're doing this. We've already signed, basically. We've got to go get approval and everything. And you need to be able to live with these decisions including the draft and free agency and some big moves like it would be wrong for us to come in and so I really jumped in and there's there's a couple of things that I saw right away and I knew this but I didn't know like like we have an incredibly run organization like like this is this well-run organization like I've looked at other teams I've looked at around the league I've been there like it is just a blessing to be able to come in and seeing Dennis and Justin on one side and Coach Q on the other and going, okay, like, this works, right? <laughs> like, like I can come in and help where I can or get out of the way where I need to get out of the way. And there's, there's, there's people who, you know, no one's perfect, I'm not perfect, but there's people who are phenomenally have aspects where they're best in the world at what they do. And you know, that doesn't mean that we have the best in the world at everything. It means that, like, I can go down and look at the draft and how we developed and identify players and look and say, wow, you know, there's got to be something there when we grab Donovan and Rudy. Like, there's a lot of people that didn't see those, right? Like, and be able to develop that way. And then there's got to be something there when we go and we say, okay, what does success look like this offseason? Who do we want to draft? What do we want to do? Who, unfortunately or fortunately, do we get to um, move or give them more opportunity somewhere else? And um, who, who do we want to re-sign? And, and we kind of set out and said, hey, look, like, what does success look like? And we went through the draft and we had, you know, some picks and some things and we traded back and we got the guy that we wanted to go get. And then we looked at who do we need to re-sign and that came hot. I didn't. We didn't have... We didn't have – we had 21 days in this whole window, which is normally three or four months yeah, from what wild. I know. And so everything got compressed, and it's real easy to get sloppy during that time. And, you know, we wanted J.C. back. Like, everyone wanted J.C. back. And, you know, he could have gone – I mean, he's a great player. Yeah. Like, he can go anywhere. And, and, you know, it was pretty cool. It was like, I want to come back, and I want to play for Q, right? And then, you know – we, we were talking and we went around and it's like, we want Faves and Faves, the same thing. Like, I want to come back home. And you guys all saw his comments and everything else that came there. And then, and then, um, the second, the second we could just right, literally right after that was like, okay, how do we get Don locked in? And, um, and, and that happened. And then 
the the real kind of interesting one was like, okay, what? How, how do we work with Rudy and still build a team and do all these things? And Rudy's such a unique individual, right? And I think we all saw that from, you know, having him want to be in Utah and want to be a part of this. And, you know, um, you know, I, I thought reading his letter to the state and reading his just the, the thoughtfulness about that. And you know, you know, some of these guys are on the first contracts on the second. Rudy's on his third, and so. They're different. They're not all apples and apples as people think. Like, you know, there is a little bit of a program that goes where maybe the second one's a little easier because it's like, okay, are you maxing out or not? And the third one, there's a lot of variability there. And and um, Rudy was very thoughtful. And you know, I think we showed our commitment. I think he showed his commitment. And we're super we're super excited to go build and to be able to say, hey, look, we're gonna have a, a couple really good years and get some really good news. Like I think the, I think the state of Utah, I think basketball, like it's pretty cool to have good news, and now we got to go try to win, right? Like, like all that's fun, but like, all right, we we got a we got a group that we think we're going to get better with and go, and that's that's exciting, and so we just got to go execute, and that's the hardest part. And by the way, we're doing that on a condensed schedule. We'd still be in the preseason right now, right? Guys would still be getting it, and so that's just the way it is, and we've got to. And that's why you're seeing so much volatility a little bit in the league, I think, is is um, right now people are still figuring things out a little bit. Uh, right after the acquisition, I guess it was the day after, I think, um, and I was like everybody else. I, I know Ryan pretty well, but Woj was – he was actually my son Sam sent me Woj's tweet with, like, big eyeballs, and he was so pumped. Um, but I ran into you the very next day uh, down at a place we run into each other eating all the time. And you had made the comment, and it stuck with me, but you spent a lot of that first day, day and a half, um, and it was really important for you to talk to all the players. Um, some highlights maybe from some of those conversations and just your, um, you know, you say you've been around the team, but I didn't know you'd played golf with Mike, you know, yeah. 15 times. But just kind of, I guess, first of all, maybe some things that stuck out in those conversations to you and then, um, what you kind of want your role to be for these guys uh, as the owner. Yeah, so look, um, you know, I've known a lot of these guys from Five for the Fight, right? And, and you know, if you think about it, like, they've all taken time and they've realized that Five for Fight was different. And, you know, Don would would lead out and, and you know, come in. And, like, I remember last year it was Conley and – and Boyan were all brand new, and they'd never seen each other. And the very first thing they did when they got to Utah, it was the morning of media day. They had not been together. And the first picture they did, they came over to a Five for the Fight photo shoot. And that's where I was like, wow, that's that's cool. We've got, we've got great people. And it, it takes leadership. And it might have been, you know, because they don't have to do that. It might have been Donovan saying, hey, come on, guys, this is important. Or let's, let's go. And, and Joe kind of rallying folks. And so – I've gotten to know him from that standpoint, but I, look, I'm busy. I'm running a company with with five kids. I don't, I don't like, I don't have that much time to go. Like, I mean, even dinners, like it's hard to get up here for dinner and games. Like, there's just not that much time to go do this. But you know, during COVID and, and some of the other things, like Conley and I are both pretty avid golfers, and like we have a lot of the same friends. And um, you know, I, I mean, the first day he got here, we went, we went to play golf. Like, and that was just, and like that's what we do and um but but my 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 thought process here is that, you know right when this happened I, I called all the players and the reason why is because people people can handle change they, they they don't do well with uncertainty 
and I wanted to to just have them hear from me rather than reading that same tweet going, well, what does this mean? And so just reaching out and calling everyone, and it wasn't just the players, it was people in the organization, you know, go and spend time with Q and everyone else. I, I ran the same process to be like, hey, guys, like, here's my vision. Here's what's going to happen. Here's why we're doing this. You need to hear it from me. And, um, you know, hopefully that that helped them see. And they'll get to know me, like, of who I am. Like, it's it, Rome wasn't built in a day, right? And we've got a great footing right now. And so um, – we're, we'll go and like, what does it mean to take this to the to the next level? I mean, Gail did not trust us with this thing to go backwards, <laughs> right? And and that's been very very clear. And so, um, you know, she's been our biggest cheerleader in this process, and Greg and others, and Steve Starks, and and so we've really tried to work and say, hey, what is um, um, what is our best best way to kind of engage? In in and you know, when reality is is um. Going forward, like I, I went on the Clippers trip, on the road trip, and went out there and just wanted to see the process. But, you know, ideally, you know, I, I don't really have a strategy that, hey, like, look, I want to go hang out with this group or this group or do all this or not. Like, you know, that's just that happens organically. And, you know, I'm going to I'm going to focus on just being helpful where I can, wherever that is. Um, the one thing I do want to make sure is crystal clear is that we have the best player experience to play in Utah in the NBA. And what does that mean? I, the same way we want to have the best fan experience, right? And the same way we want to be- have the best visiting team experience when you come into this arena. If you think about it, those are our next free agents, right? I want everyone to be like, damn, what, what happened in Utah, right? Like there is a different vibe. And you, you have a choice. You either put them on the buckets and sit there with a chalkboard and say, hey, let's make it as uncomfortable as possible. Or you could be like, wow, wouldn't it be cool to have everyone going, wow, I could see myself in a jazz uniform. Like, these big cities, no one's there anymore. No one wants to be there. And I'm stuck in this apartment. And reality is, is like, um, I could really use some outdoor time. And, you know, I, I, I would hate to think that players are that different than the rest of the world who's moving to Utah right now. And so I think that there's a better story we can be telling um, that maybe probably wasn't available five or six years ago, but being one of the fastest growing states and cities in the world, not not in the in the world, um, has has definitely changed over the last five years. We're always, I mean, and, and I get this question all the time, like, how do you feel about small market, small market, small Utah's not a small market. We might be a small market when it comes to television, but we're a huge market when it comes to everything outdoors probably top two or three in the world. The Olympics are going to be here. I mean, go look at every other place that could hold them. It's it's not even comparable. Um, city living to outdoors, there's probably nowhere better. Tech, which is the future, we are so far above our weight class and probably top two or three in the country. We don't talk about as much because no one wants longer ski lines, right? <laughs> right? You, you look at the universities and what we've got going. And then you look at the fact that Rudy can jump on a plane at five o'clock in the afternoon and end up and wake up in France out of, out of Salt Lake. Like now go compare that with every other small market and tell me if we're in a small market. I don't think so. And by the way, we're the, we're the only show in town. And so how do we bring those worlds together? And I'm, I'm rambling on in your long answer, Tim, but, but like the, 
the reality is, is if you knew who was sitting up in Park City right now, and who's and, up and there all the time, right? All like, the time, all the time, all the time. Like this weekend, I got a text message, and it's just starting, where I've got one of the top athletes in the world that's not in basketball sitting up there right now, going, "When can I come to a jazz game?" <laughs> right? I've got the CEO of the number one apparel brand in the world saying, "Hey, I'm in town." And these are two people, and then you come to find out they both own homes here. And we're going to connect those worlds, right? And that's going to be something that they do because reality is is people need live sports right now. People need it. They think they don't. They say they don't. They do not know. The amount of messages and text messages that I've gotten from the limited people that have been able to be in the arena, it's just literally like, Oh my word, my soul needed something that I did not realize I needed. I could totally see that because, you know, we, we actually talked about it last week because I know there's been, you know, debate, whatever. But I think it's awesome. And, and I believe, you know, if you're here and you see it, the way it's being handled is, you know, about as good as you can. And it gives people a little bit something to do, which is we all need. Absolutely. Yeah. It's we all need it. Well put. On the last day of 2000, uh, 2020, everybody uh, everybody needs a little bit of that normalcy. Um, so, Ryan, I've been, I've been doing sports radio here for, for a while, you know, 16, 17 years, and I can tell you that there was always this underlying fear in jazz fans that uh, the, the team would be sold and moved. And then you see what <laughs> happened in Seattle. And so I, I, you snicker because I'm sure you've gotten this uh, a lot. But just to say, if, I, if I'm a jazz fan listener out there, I'm nodding my head hearing this stuff about the, the, the community and the passion for it and, mm-hmm. and the jazz being at the center of it all. So I guess this isn't as much of a question as it is. I think you're saying a lot of things that a lot of jazz fans wanted to hear because that fear has always been out there. Well, and I think the history, right? We talked yeah. Derek Harper as a kid, you know, broke our hearts and Ronnie Cycli was going to come and, and different things. But, you know, I, I do believe, and that's one thing, you know, I, when I was at BYU, I would try to steal uh, some time from Ryan from time to time just on lunch because my thought is he sees things, and I told you this, it's, yeah. a, it's a vision. Um, and, I, and I think that most people listening can get excited about the fact that, um, you know, we're really going to try to play to our strengths. Yeah, but, like, if a team was moving, it wouldn't be the Jazz. There's, like, nine other teams that need to move before the Jazz, <laughs> right. right? Or yeah. whatever it is. Like, like, and, and, and by the way, like, why wouldn't they just expand? I mean, there's just people that don't understand the business side of this is, you know, you don't really have any teams that are insolvent. And you don't have cities that really – I would say I think the league's done a great job with how fast they've expanded and how they've gone, where I I don't think there's really a team that should not be in the city they play in, right? And then, you know, everyone talks about Phoenix or or uh, or no, Vegas or or Seattle, like that's a process. And you've heard Cuban and others talk about that and like I it's not the way it is. So that's that's the the business side of it. Then there's the the Utah side of this. Like I'm not I'm not interested in this. Um if I wanted to go buy another team in another market, I would have bought another team in another market. <laughs> it probably would have been a lot easier in certain ways. Um 
this is not about just about the team. This is about Ryan Smith as a 16-year-old kid trying to get into the arena during the Jazz and the Malone and the the last dance days, right? And, you know, happen to grab programs off the street and finagle my way in through the door without a ticket, right? Like, this is, this is what this is about. This is about making the people of Utah have something to be proud of. And it, it's really not I mean, I wish people could understand, like, this is not the entrepreneurial venture that, that I get from a tech standpoint. Um, it's really about the community and driving change in Utah. And reality is, is we've seen, and one of the things I love about Utah and that the players will see, is that you can change this place for the better. And you can change Utah. And we've seen that in four or five years on tech with Silicon Slopes. We've seen it. We've changed a state. You're not going to change anything in L.A. You're not going to change anything and put a mark on New York in a way that, like, it's already been done, right? You have a chance, if it's for the good or the better and the improvement, to actually leave a mark on Utah that per hour and per day and per year you're here, it is significant, and that's what I'm excited about. Ryan Smith with us, a new majority owner of the Utah Jazz. Uh, we, we can't thank you enough for, for dropping by the show. We really appreciate it. Any thoughts on Phoenix real quick while we've got you on the game tonight? I mean, look, they're a good team, right? I mean, I Three think we, we, played them, we played them in the, um, in the preseason, but um, we also have a great team, right? And, and I think that uh, we'll be ready. Should we'll be, be a fun one tonight. Yeah, yeah. It'll be it'll be good. And you know, anytime I've watched Chris Paul play here so many different times, and you know, he likes to put people in the blender. But it's always nice when we got the big guy sitting in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. He's been unbelievable to start the season. He's by the way, really I, like, I mean, his activity does he level. Age? No, I, I'm, I would. <laughs> the way he's moving around, the way he, and, and the part of this, and David Locke got me on it. But yeah. the screen assist is a real thing. Like, it is a real thing, and this guy does it as good as anybody. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no us. problem, guys. We'll have you back sometime when yeah. your schedule allows. Well, one in a row, right? I mean, I've never, like... If we is... win this, you got to come back yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, all right, all right. All right. You guys are going to give me, give me a... <laughs> yeah, hey, thank you very much. All right, thanks, guys. All right, thanks, more, more Jazz Game Night pregame show coming up next here on the Jazz Radio Network.